Hi and welcome to a very special series of Arrow Bandwidth. A whole series. A whole series. Dedicated to security. You better believe it. As always, you've got myself, David Fern. And myself, Richard Holmes. And our producer, as always, for this series is going to be... Hannah Jenny. Hannah Jenny. Ah. And guys, so basically the idea behind this is we went to Infosec this year. In fact, we are still here right now. Yeah, these aren't special effects in the background. No, we don't have that much money. Um... So, essentially, what we've tried to do is go around, find the most interesting, innovative, and, in and sort of exciting vendors that we have on our portfolio, and basically bring them on and interview them. But do quite long interviews, sort of 15 to, to 25 minutes, mm -hmm. and essentially give you a real idea of where the top vendors think the current trends are, technology directions, and generally sort of what some of the top things are there, focusing on and concerned about in 2017 and beyond. Yeah, so if you want a Security 101 for 2017, look no further and than this series. And I'd like to add a Security 202. Oh, yeah, go on, man. Why not? Why not? So, look, guys, sit back, enjoy. This is going to be the next couple of months of your bandwidth listening. So, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Get ready for the bombshells. Yeah. Okay, welcome back. Uh, so, now we're very, very lucky to have two individuals uh, across from me um, from F5. So, if you'd like to introduce yourself. I thought we'd forgotten then, David. Uh, my name is Neil Burton, so I look after the channel and alliances. So, all of our go-to-market routes for F5 in the UK and Ireland. Fantastic. And, and I'm uh, Michael Brown. I am an SE manager. And if you don't know what an SE is, it's, those are the technical guys that really know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> And so my remit is the UK and Ireland uh, verticals as well as the channel. Fantastic, fantastic. So I suppose the first question and sort of the question we've asked um, just about everyone who's come on the podcast today is what, um, what interesting trends is F5 seeing in the marketplace that's sort of driving the security industry for 2017? Well, I think from a, from a top level, um, firstly, security is being driven as opposed to taking it back five years it doesn't seem to be driven. It was the last thing on a customer's yeah. budget. Mm. Um, it was the last thing that a, a, a channel partner would be thinking about because it's just the hard yards. Um, the market is a little bit more publicized. High profile um, attacks have, have, have spawned a lot of budget from an end yeah. user and, a, and, and, a, and business generation from a partner perspective. So first things first, F5's security brand has been recognized as opposed to its traditional load balancing and application acceleration brand. That's a good thing for us. Definitely. Um, and, and as you drive down of that, um, and Michael, you can, you can keep me honest on it, uh, we've seen an acceleration in, in the likes of DDoS attacks that are, being, um, that are driving a customer budgets, the web application firewall um, type solutions, which was kind of on the last thing traditionally of a customer's um, budget cycle to go through. So we're actually seeing quite a new age of, of security landscape driving customers to F5 because we've always been doing this. Yeah. Stuff. What do you think is driving that? What's changed? Because I couldn't agree more, actually. We've seen it go from almost an insurance policy and no one likes For buying sure. insurance yeah. to almost being a very sort of proactive element of, of an IT sort of spend. So what's driven that change? I mean, if you look at Mirai, 
right? At the end of last year. The botnet virus, yeah. Right. If you look at the, the attack that the NHS was just uh, experienced just a few weeks ago, I mean, the reality is, and, and Neil touched upon this a bit, this is mainstream. These attacks are mainstream and they're massive. People they're outside the industry and are aware and see this as yeah. visible threats Ab and yeah. risks. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, the, yeah, the interesting thing about what, what the NHS, and I know they weren't the initial target, but is, is, you know, people predicted actually that this was going to happen, that the healthcare system was going to absolutely be a, a, a severe target. And unfortunately, they were. And I think, I honestly think that the attacks that we've experienced this, this year, and if you look at the end of last year, the SWIFT attacks, I mean, very sophisticated banking attacks, um, people realize these, these are not just your average everyday hackers. These are very sophisticated crime rings that are executing these. Yeah. I mean, we only need to look at sort of the ransomware epidemic <laughs> and the fact that they're not just sophisticated, but they're becoming almost formalized in the fact that they have support desks. That's exactly They have, yeah. you know, they're almost beginning to become an odd sort of sort of pseudo-organization. It's, it's a business. It's a grown-up business. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and I think if I looked at my, my Hotmail the other day um, in preparation for this, 30% of my mails in my Hotmail account were phishing attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The other 20% was for my mum. But she might be actually executing a phishing attack as well. But when you start looking at yourself as, a, as, an, in, as an individual and a professional in the security market, these, these attacks are very sophisticated. They look very real. So if, if you wasn't from the market, it's so easy to understand how people would be drawn into that. Yeah. Um, and in terms of that, drive and that growth into the threat landscape. Uh, phishing attacks and um, things that attack an individual as opposed to a corporate, I think they're massively on the increase. And, and, it's, and it's our responsibility as, as organizations within the security market, knowing full well that we can't, we can't provide a solution for everything, to come yeah. together and just educate organizations on what the different types of attacks are. I, I think it's interesting that you say, you know, it's, it's, it's not just the corporate but it's the individual. Right? Michael, you mentioned the Mariah attack before Christmas, and yeah. you know this this is crazy. You know, wanna cry, Mariah? They've got their own Wikipedia pages now. You know, this is this is how much in the mainstream people are starting to see and take note of this. And now I've, I've got up the the Mariah uh, Wikipedia page here. Bizarre as this. And we talk about the individual being affected by by security breach, by security risk, but and drawing the distinction between the individual and, uh, and the corporate. But when you look at, you know, people affected by Mirai included Airbnb, Amazon, the BBC, CNN, um, the, list, the list goes on, HBO, GitHub, Visa, Slack, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. These are all corporates. That major, major, major organizations. That's exactly but, yeah. but my point is... <laughs> Yeah, as an individual, we all we all use these. I mean, I, I have accounts with a number of those that I've mentioned. Um, so, yeah, I think there's this this awareness outside of the industry and within the industry that you know what? Yes, there is there is risk to me as an individual, but there is also a risk based on the companies and the services and the organisations that I interact with. Yeah. yeah. So there becomes almost this trust piece because. Yeah. You know what? It won't be that um, Mariah's affected, uh, the internet is affected, dying, but 
actually, it, it's affected Spotify. It's affected a bank. It's yeah. affected, oh, heck, it's affected somebody I use. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, this is, I think there's an element of this, this impact of security as not just a breach, not just a, a, a technical problem to be addressed by an organisation, but it, it, there's, this, there's this impact on, on trust from your customers. PR. PR. PR loss of, yeah, I mean, if you quantify the loss of custom that I think someone, a certain mobile vendor or or sort of landline brand has has suffered from their breach. That's that's an interesting topic, uh, interesting point you make in in brand trust. Yeah. At some point, that may be a differentiator between, because, you know, everybody's got a checkbox. I can do this, they can do this, I can do this, they can do this. But have you been hacked? Has there been a data breach in your brand, you know, from your organisation, right? Absolutely. Point, I do think, um, although it's very easy to stand in front of big organisations like the ones that we've mentioned and stand there and diatribe a, a, a fear message, it's, I think there's a responsibility from organisations like F5 and other organisations in the security market not to sell on fear. To yes, sell on, could not yeah, agree there's, a, there's a regulatory driver yeah. that people need to adhere to. Yep. There's a, an awareness they need to, to have around the threat landscapes, but it is incumbent on us to change our messaging such that we can help organisations drive growth in themselves mm-hmm. by partnering as you opposed to just keep out a bad guy. And, yeah. and let me just tell you how nasty the life can be if you don't buy our stuff. And I do think there's a, a responsibility for us to just step out of the selling on fear you're spot on there you're absolutely I mean you're preaching to the choir because it does come across that way and when when I'm talking to customers when I'm talking to partners I'm trying to say this is not I'm not fear mongering here I I don't sell product I don't sell F5 I try to sell solutions that are going to make you safe period and so there's a, a fine line between fear-mongering and yeah. education, so, right? And this is the thing I've been really, really impressed with the various guests that we've had on this series so far, is that with, without exception, everybody has talked about doing their part in, in educating and awareness. Because mm. now, security threats, whether it be fraud prevention, whether it be phishing, ransomware, whatever... Um, there's an element of social engineering behind that, so it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter what the technology is. Yeah, technology is not just the solution, and I think that's one of the things that I've seen in it, certainly in the security space when it comes to IT. There has been you, you, you started this conversation off with that conversation about trends. I think there is this trend coming through from people like F5 that education is as important as the actual product itself. And one, one of the things that we try to do at F5, if you think about where we are as a society and, and what is ubiquitous, it's the application. Yep. Yeah. Right? It is the application. And the application has evolved. Right? In 1995, there were, I think, 20,000 applications globally. In 2015, there were 1 billion applications. Yep. I mean, that's how that's massive the application and the users. There were back in, I think it was, I don't know, 24 million users in 1995, internet applications, over 3.2 billion in 2015. So the application has evolved. And part of that evolution demands security. 
Because of the sophistication of the applications, because of the, the, the various components now that make up an application, it's yeah. not just a simple HTML website, right? Yeah. Um, it, that, that evolution of the application demands an evolution of the application development lifecycle. Yeah. And so this is one of the things that we talk about is how you actually incorporate security into if you was going to application development really lifecycle. plug F5 for a second on that point, Michael. I think the the heritage of F5 has been at the app. Yeah. Um, and because we've been at the app level, the security market has been growing on its own outside of what the core competency of, of, of F5 was. And then, as to, to accentuate Michael's point, as apps become more ubiquitous, as the device that you're using it, whether it be a laptop, whether it be a phone, whether it be an IoT device, becomes more prevalent, the security threat landscape is just, you could yeah. have all sorts of companies growing up and trying to secure the individual routes to the app. But it's where the, almost the security market has moved further towards F5, purely because there's only a, there's a single point of, of, of access to a, to a hacker that, the, that you need, which is that the app application. Yeah. and the yeah. data. And whether it be great strategy on F5 or just very lucky, to be, I'd, I'd rather be lucky than good. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the market is moving. And he is a liar, trust me. With the market moving towards the app, we find ourselves in the center of what is quite a buoyant yeah. security market. Mm. We don't, you know, uh, whereas I've walked around this, this event today and there's all tiny organizations springing up that want to that protect a Bluetooth device, want to protect uh, an IoT device, want to protect a bit of a network. Uh, but everything is just the route to the app. Yep. And that's where we're finding a lot of the security conversations growing for us, particularly in our larger accounts. Well, I mean, F5 is essentially the apex of the, of, of the organization. Right? It's the apex of the security because essentially it, it's the gateway in and out. And to that end, you can see and start to deal with everything first. So it makes perfect sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, one of the things that I always talk about is you should absolutely have a web application firewall. You know, when you think about yeah. the number of applications, whether whether those apps are actually in the cloud or whether they're on-premises, you know, it is still up to the organization to protect those applications. Those applications are the gateway to the lifeblood of any organization, right? The data, yeah. which is what people want. That's what's of value, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, moving away from, from the, the sort of threat landscape and, and, and the, the trends. Um, you, we've spoken quite a lot today about both organizations like yourselves being, needing to be able to have a, a strategic roadmap with a customer, but also be able to, to head off and deal with the more tactical challenges that security throws us, like WannaCry. You know, all of a sudden, we've got to be very tactical in how we, how we go about deploying yeah. security. What, how does F5 deal with that very bimodal approach to dealing with you know, to security today? One of the things that, and again, you know, Neil says, is it luck? Is it by design? You know, <laughs> one of the things that F5, uh, and I, I, to be honest, I don't like plugging F5 in general, but I do love what we do. I mean, we have <laughs> tremendous technology. We have the ability to plug holes like that. I mean, I snapped my fingers, by the way. <laughs> um, um, because our programmability and that sort of thing, we literally, um, uh, what was a heartbleed? We plugged in two hours. Two okay? hours. We plugged in two hours with, yeah. with, because it is such a programmable device, 
And the same thing with Wanna Cry. We came up with, we, it was a little bit more difficult and maybe a tiny bit of a stretch, but it did help some of our customers actually. And it was because of, it's so programmable, yeah. as opposed to having to go to the if, code of the point. ADC itself and right. change the yeah, code of yeah, ADC, yeah, of right? We can literally look at every single transaction and based on this programmable, this programming language that we have built into to, uh, to the device. So that's very much, that great answer actually from, from, a, from a tactical perspective but then from a strategic perspective how are you helping your customers um, so once again a lot of our customers are looking for even if they're not necessarily doing it yet but they're looking for technology that's going to support them move inevitably into the cloud and every yeah. customer is saying All right, how do I move into the cloud how do I make how do I buy now to ensure that my transition into maybe hybrid cloud next year and then full public cloud I'm not ripping and replacing you know, I'm not having to re-educate my security guys on another console, another, you know, scripting language, so that they can get and you know expose the most functionality out of the devices. How's F5? What you know? What are F5 doing to to help the customers? Well, I think if you look back at the heritage, our our heritage has always been about helping you place the application in the right place to run it for your users. So that's what we do. Whether it be from one data center to another, or or one data center into a into a, a, a hybrid or public cloud. So it's kind of what we what we did. Um, I think going back to the points we discussed earlier, education is something that we're, we're delivering out um, as well as product. Yep. So helping organizations, working with a partner e ecosystem that help organizations make, the, that, make that transition from yeah. a policy and processes, not just from a technology, into the cloud. And I think that's, that's challenged me recently because I'm looking at a new breed of partner yeah, a lot of my existing partners are very good at filling up data centers with a, of, of kit. Um, some of the new breed of partners are just born in the and born in the cloud partners that can help a customer do the transition and F5 yeah. be part of that secure journey. Also, things like you know, we've, you know, we we launch F5 in the cloud, so our mm -hmm. Silverline products are there to, to to buy F5 services from from the cloud. And also, one of the fastest growing parts of our business at the moment is buying F5 in public cloud, in Azure and in AWS, just to launch Google as well, although that's not as ubiquitous. So our business of buying F5 in a, in a public cloud environment is just rocketing. It's off a small base, but it's just rocketing. And we're beginning to be synonymous with that cloud transition from a yeah. customer. So is that, that the code, that code base is the same? Yeah. Their code base yeah, is the same. same. And this is the, the I, this is a really interesting and really exciting thing for me yeah. is because you know, if if you're securing the app, then where that app's residing, exactly how transportable that app is, it becomes inconsequential. We actually had we had this crazy term that we used to that we used synthesis for this very thing. Nobody got it, but it was that very point. It was it doesn't matter. We understand the app can reside anywhere. Yeah we still do the same thing regardless of where it is. Yeah. It's the same code base. And, it, and it's really interesting with, with what you said about, and, I, and I've asked other, other guests this thing, this same question, of, you know, do you see a, a shift and a change, not just in, in, in the trends, not just in where you're taking you know, the F5 product set and solution set, but also in the customer base? Because all of a sudden, and probably more so for you guys, because there's this absolute focus around, around app, then startups, where's the net new business 
going to be driving the business from? Well, you know what? They're not going to be building a data center. They'll be going to a public cloud. Um, what happens when you know you get a, a solution or a service provider who is um, providing some sort of e-commerce platform or retail platform? You know, what? if it's a retail platform, um, yeah, that could be that could be high street retail moving moving to to the web. It could be insurance brokerage. It could be it could be anything. Yeah, what's going to be at the heart of delivering that uh, delivering that service and, and solution? What's going to be that one of one of the key considerations? It's going to be what you were saying, where security's moved to the top of the agenda. Yeah. You know what? It's again, it all keeps coming back to things. And like, it's, you not, know, you know, it's, it's not trust. just the startups that are, that are doing this. You know, we're seeing we're seeing cloud business, like public cloud business, um, from some of our longest-serving on-premise customers, large banks, large mm. telcos, massive retail organisations that we're seeing popping up on the on the AWS revenue lines, mm. wow. <laughs> and the Azure <laughs> revenue lines. So. Although they've got multiple data centers chock full of our kit, yeah. you're seeing them buying F5 services through Marketplace um, and then it coming back to us there. So it's not just the startups that, oh, that's really, that are doing yeah. this, but that's they're doing really it because that's they it. have a single understanding of, of the security perimeter managed through F5. They've, wow. they've got people doing it on premise and those people can still service their applications as the DevOps people stop spinning up. Yeah. Um, in AWS with the same appliances. And I suppose that also leads on to the day of, you know, gone, not gone, or going perhaps, uh, the, you know, the, the absolute 100% focused security shops. Yeah, you might find that you've got ISVs as customers that are doing exactly yeah. the same. They're all of a sudden starting to pop up. You know, you might have seen them as potential end clients or, yeah, you know, I hate to use the word minor partners, but edge partners, tail partners in the past. Now, actually, you're starting to see more of an uptake from them because, because again, you know, well, just, just the whole... They're exactly the partners that I'm looking for. You know, I've got, in the UK, there's probably 430 partners. Mm -hmm. Add to that another 400 managed service providers and cloud service providers. So yeah. we do everything indirect. You know, we're a 100% indirect organisation yeah. and everything is driven through that partner ecosystem. Um, but a lot of our partners are the big framework providers that will sell everything to a customer. Ah. Everything from a mouse mat to a data center. And in that journey, they'll do the, the, the load balancing, application delivery and security bit. Where I'm looking to recruit is, is in two areas. Firstly, the pure play niche security partners. They right. only talk security. Yep. Yeah, we've got the likes of SecureLink, you've got the likes of SecData. Those organizations just are famous for one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next half a dozen of those, but going back to the, the cloud conversation, there's a whole partner ecosystem of cloud enablement players. They don't really transact product. Mm. What they help is customers move from yeah, a, move an on-premise into a public. Uh, they're great consultancy houses. Clearly, you'll have the Accentures and the Deloitte's up the top end, but you'll have a lot. Absolutely, that tier two and tier three. Yeah, there's a lot of organizations that, yeah. you know, cloud reach. Yeah. You know, these, you know, visual, they're great Microsoft partners or AWS partners, taking them on the F5 journey. So they're not only are they driving a transformation agenda to customers into the public cloud, but they're, tra they're driving a secure application yeah, yeah, transformation. Like and and a good, you know, it's interesting because the average enterprise, in fact, if I were starting my own business today, I'd, I'd either be an MSP, an MSSP, 
or I'd be a CSP. I think cloud yeah. service provider somehow somehow taking somebody to the cloud. I'd open a bar. Yeah, <laughs> I'd open a bar or a restaurant. Well, then I would come I'm to your place. I'm much work. more. But the ab- do you realize the average enterprise uh, uses more than 900 applications in the cloud daily? Yeah, no, yeah, I've, I've heard this stat before. It's mind blowing. And isn't most CEOs most don't even realize it. They think it's <laughs> like 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is that they think, they think it's like 40 applications, yeah. over 900. So why would you not start a business like that? Because yeah. there's a lot of business there yeah. to be had. And on that bombshell, oh yeah, guys, I had to get it in. <laughs> I did. Look, thank you ever so much for coming right. on. It's a real well, pleasure. You know, it. F5 really important really vendor to us. And you know, if anyone listening wants to understand anything more or visit Neil's bar, please do get in contact with us. You That's know, where we I'll have, be. We have a significant investment in, in our F5 team and technical recruitment Absolutely. and technical capabilities. So please do come talk to us. Um, yeah, you know, really important part of our, of our business and some really unique technology. So thank you, thanks, guys. Much thank appreciated you. for coming on. Cheers. And we'll speak to you soon. David Cheers. Richard, thank Cheers. you. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I did. Don't forget, this is part of a series. There will be one next week. Um, if you want to join the conversation, please, please do so at hashtag ArrowBandwidth on Twitter. And don't forget to check out the show notes where there's loads of really important resources and, uh, and generally sort of part of the conversation. you find that at the uh, Arrow Hub. You will indeed. You will indeed. And guys, look, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe. We cover loads of topics. We've got tons of back catalogue it's we a great opportunity been. to learn and get educated so please do listen and uh, yeah come back next week come back subscribe catch up thank you very much have a good week bye